What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr. And on today's show, I am joined by Josh Stubbs and Jared Stubbs of Elevated Stanco. Now, these are the new kids on the block in the mobile hunting space. Elevated Stanco just launched this year, and their first product to market is a mobile hunting tree stand for the guys that want a little bit larger platform. So stick around to hear all the specs on that. You also get to hear the story of Josh's Kansas elk hunt. Uh, Josh killed an elk in Kansas with a bow. Really cool story there. Real quick, if you're listening to this on Friday, we are on our way to the Great American Outdoor Show. We will be in the Archery Hall, so come stop by the booth. If you can't make it to the show, that is okay because right now you are eligible for some savings on the Exodus website. So go to exodusoutdoorgear.com and in honor of trade show season, we are offering 15% off the Exodus Render, the Exodus Render bundles. Uh, So that's the solar panel, the camera, the swivel mount, or if you want the security bundle, that is going to be discounted as well. Just use the code SHOWTIME, and that is all caps, SHOWTIME. Now, this sale is while supplies last, so if the code does not work, chances are you missed out. But give it a shot. Go to the website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and you can save 15% off the Exodus Render or Exodus Render bundle packages and test out the Exodus render for yourself. So with that being said, let's get into today's conversation. All right, everyone, I'm live. I'm back in the studio today. I'm sitting down with the guys from Elevate Stanco. You may have heard of it. It just created a bunch of buzz in the mobile hunter um, industry to say. So I have Josh Stubbs and Jared Stubbs. If you guys have not heard of these two, Josh was on Whitetail Cribs. Um, awesome episode. One of my favorite homes I've ever been in in my life. Absolutely beautiful place. But for people that may not be um, familiar with you two, uh, Josh, start with yourself and give yourself an introduction and then Jared follow. Yeah, so I'm Josh Stubbs and I'm part of Elevate Stand Company. And uh, I just helped run the company and this is my brother, Jared. And uh, we just love doing this sort of thing. So <clears throat> we wanted to get involved in a, a hunting company. I mean, we were born and raised in a family that uh, that hunted, you know, hunted all over Kansas, Alaska, you name it. Um, my uncle and my dad have have been there. So we, you know, that's what we grew up doing. So obviously my story is pretty much about the same as Josh, seeing as how we grew up in the same house. So uh, yeah, I mean, started off from a from an early age. I remember uh, being on the Arkansas River uh, hunting ducks with my grandpa and my dad at a you know age where I couldn't even bring a gun so I was making forts and then watching the ducks come in and listening to my uh still remember listening to my grandpa you know call in the ducks and it was just at that point it was you know I was hooked and and we just continued on with it super cool what are your personal backgrounds like what do you do for a living and what made you yeah. want to get into elevate stanco yeah, so my my first job out of college <clears throat> was in aerospace, and we're going to have a similar background as far as, you know, Jared's worked at the same place, but it was Alcoa Aerospace Center, and uh, <clears throat> we worked 
directly with customers like Boeing, Cessna, Bombardier, Learjet. And so we're well-versed in, in aluminum. I worked in the industry for 14 years um, and then uh, got the chance to, to work with another OEM type company, uh, but it was Agco out of Heston. <clears throat> and they make like Heston Swathers, they make Massey Ferguson combines. But I was only there for like three or four months, I think. Um, but a, a guy approached me uh, to run his steel fabrication company. <clears throat> and it was a uh, based, you know, oil and gas. That's pretty much the, the main market that we serve. But that was in 2010. And so I've uh, in 2012, I got the president's position and he retired and, you know, turned things over to me. But that's Wifco Steel Products. That's that's my main job. Um, and we, we make walkways and stairways and big platforms, big structures. So, um, you know, when it came to designing a hunting stand, I had a lot of knowledge, um, you know, from the, working the last 25 years, really in a production setting. I love making stuff. I love the production process, taking it from engineering, <clears throat> seeing it get put on paper and then, you know, getting, making, seeing it produced and then testing the product. And, and then it's just, you know, uh, continued improvement <clears> that, you know, the stand that you see today is probably not going to be the, it's not going to look the same in two years. There's going to be, you know, improvements every step of the way. So that's my background. I'll let Jared tell his. So mine's fairly similar. So uh, I worked for Alco Aerospace as well. I was there for probably about 18 years. Uh, and then the opportunity to work together came up and my background is quality. And so uh, I came over to WIFCO in probably about 2016 and I've been here since. And then the opportunity to get into uh, this other side of the business came up and, and here we are. Uh, so yeah, so uh, one of the reasons that I came over to WIFCO uh, was with my background with quality, uh, I worked with Alcoa and, and handled our aerospace specifications, so AS9100. And then uh, WIFCO was wanting to change kind of their direction and look and start going into the direction of getting more certifications. So I came over to, to bring us into ISO. And so then we are ISO certified um, through our steel fabrication business. Um, so that's kind of my background is, is the quality side of things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes a ton of sense um, to like, okay, you guys are passionate hunters. You work with steel all the time. You have a very, um, very good aluminum background and to build a tree stand and climbing sticks and whatever you guys end up doing just makes a ton of sense. So it's not just some two random guys that like to hunt building a tree stand because they wanted to build a tree stand and be part of an industry. There is a, serious background and amount of knowledge that goes into this production. So I think that's important for a lot of people to know. When I was filming the White Tone Cribs with you, Josh, you're a really hands-on guy. You like to build stuff. You do woodworking. Uh, all the cu custom woodwork in your house was just amazing. And I remember when we filmed that Cribs episode, you mentioned like, oh, I'm working on something. 
and I'm yeah. not sure if I can say or not. And then I'm like, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking like, man, I wonder what this is. And then boom, Elevate Stanco comes out. And I was like, that, that makes a ton of sense. So I'm, I'm glad to see that finally come, come to market. Yeah. If, if we didn't, you know, live so far away, I would have been like, Hey, man, we're about two months away from being able to talk about this. Can you just wait to come to my house? Cause that whole time, you know, when you guys were traveling towards Kansas, I'm like, man, I wish I could tell them we just, you know, we weren't quite there. We didn't have test results back and I'm not going to, you know, talk about something if, if we don't have those, you know, test results back. And I know that, you know, we're going to make a go of it. So, but yeah, I, I, that was, that was definitely a fun video to do with you guys. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then this year you kill a, freaking elk in kansas like what's up with that yeah i'm trying to remember what exact what date did you guys come to and do the show i was trying to think back it was around july 15th july 14th yeah yeah so can we just can i tell that story Yeah. yeah uh so um got married this summer and we went to alaska for our honeymoon so i've got an amazing wife her name's Brittany, and she likes to do a lot of the same stuff that I do. Obviously, she's probably she's not like addicted to it like I am, but uh, but she does love the outdoors, and that was one of the things that really grew our relationship when we were dating. Uh, but we went to Alaska for our honeymoon. Then I came home, and my first trip up uh, in the fall was a uh, uh, an elk hunt in Colorado. Um, my buddy David Cox and I went out there and he ended up killing an elk and I did not, I got close, um, but I didn't get one, but it, I mean, I got some phenomenal videos, some awesome pictures. I mean, I had a, he was probably close to the same size of the elk that I killed, but you know, a 300 inch elk and he's just, you know, walking up this mountainside and he's just screaming his head off. And it was, it really was awesome come home and during the summer I usually don't uh have any cell you know cameras out it's just you know regular cameras because I don't want to have them being in my phone all day long but (laughs) um, come back check my trail camera and I've got 300 pictures of a bull elk on my camera and we're in church at the time I uh, was on the way to church I should say and checking go you know scrolling through all these pictures on my phone and I'm like what in the world like I've never seen an elk in Kansas I know we have some but they're very few and far in between and if I was going to see him I would think that I would see him out in western Kansas Um, but a couple years back probably one of the best investments that I've ever done on one of my properties was I put a pond in. Well, during the summer, it it looks very similar to what you would see in Colorado. It's kind of like a wallow. Uh, and I think he just really liked that pond because I had pictures of him rolling around in it, him just laying there. Uh, but that's really where he hung out. Um, and then I had another tub of water just because in Kansas, we can go a month, month and a half without rain. And I want to make sure that I keep water there. Um, 
So I immediately go and get a uh, an elk tag. It's just an over-the-counter tag. And bought that because I'm like, I mean, the chances are astronomical of me ever seeing him again because he hadn't been, when I checked the camera, he hadn't been on that camera for like three days. And so get the tag and immediately start hunting just for the heck of it. You know, I'm not, I'm like, I'm probably never going to see this guy, but if I don't go, definitely not going to kill him. And that's probably the number one thing I've learned in my hunting career is if you're not out there, obviously you are just not going to have a chance to kill anything. So go as much as you can. And uh, so fast forward to October 5th, I still have not gotten another picture of him. I've probably hunted eight or nine times. I can't remember how many times, but eight or nine times, never saw him from the stand. And I'm looking behind me because there's a, a soybean field, just waiting for bucks to come out. And it's, I think it's like 10 minutes after uh, the sun had gone down. So I've got like 20 minutes to kill and turn around and he's standing right there at the edge of the water. And I'm just like, oh my word. I mean, I, I've killed caribou, I've killed moose, I've killed a ton of whitetail, big mule deer. Uh, I, I have never been so nervous as when that elk was, and he's 31 yards away and I'm like, holy crap. Uh, but he's, and he, and he didn't give me much time cause I'm trying to get, I, I self film all my hunts and I'm trying to, you know, get the camera turned on and on him. And almost immediately he walks straight towards me. I've got some mineral out and I have that tub of water so I know and he had been in those pictures he he would drink out of that tub and he walks in and it's like 21 20 21 yards but he he's facing me and he faces me for like six minutes and I'm like <laughs> I'm just still getting nervous like I have to um put my leg up against the tree because it's shaking. And that just doesn't happen to me very often. I mean, I killed a 201 inch deer and I, it didn't give me enough time to get like super nervous, you know, uh, but that elk did, but he was probably one of the easiest, uh, animals that I've ever killed. Like he didn't look up. He wasn't, you know, checking the, the wind for scent and like, he had no clue I was there, but I mean, you think about it, what does an elk in Kansas really have to worry about? A coyote's not going to bother it. I mean, really the only thing that he's got to do is dodge vehicles on the highway or something. So he find, I, I saw some, uh, some small bucks coming in and <clears throat> I knew at some point he was going to turn and look at them and he was going to open up his shoulder. And, and I had prior to my elk hunt in Colorado, um, I'd been watching a bunch of those elk videos and they were, you know, talking about shot placement on elk and stuff. So I knew exactly if he, if he turned and opened up that shoulder, I, I knew I was going to pin him right there and it was going to be a hard shot. And so I just got ready. I mean, you know, I'm recording on the camera and he, he starts to turn. So I draw back. And, uh, when he fully opens up that shoulder, I, I let it fly and, uh, I tried to get my camera off the camera arm 
Um, and he had already, like by the time I got the camera off, he had already fallen over. He only went like 60 yards away. Wow. And laid over and, you know, kicked a little bit, but uh, he, he was dead, you know, within seconds. And then it, that's when it just hit. It's like, I just killed an elk in Kansas. Even yeah. to the, even to this day, I, I go home and I see those horns in my house every day, and it's like <laughs> I killed an elk in Kansas. I mean, because you go on YouTube and you search, and there's like hardly any videos um, out there of you know guys that have killed elk in in Kansas. And I think from what I could see on like Facebook or Instagram, I think there were three um, bulls killed that were at least posted so you know it just it doesn't happen very often but but yeah the uh if you guys go to elevate stand co on youtube you guys can check out the video if you got 15 minutes you want to kill have a look at it yeah i remember watching that video and you're talking about like i got a 180 inch deer on camera and i got this 300 inch bull elk and like, I'm like, I've never once in my life thought there'd be a situation where you're chasing a 180 inch whitetail deer and a 300 inch bull elk out of the same tree stand and in yep. a tree stand for that matter. Right. Well, I can tell you the 180 inch whitetail proved to be a lot more elusive than that, three, that 300 inch elk. I, I didn't get my target buck, but uh, I did have fun trying. Sure. So. Wait. When he called me, I thought that he had gotten the big deer and we were both hunting him. And I was, I'd be lying if I wasn't a little bit disappointed when I thought that he had killed the big deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're whitetail guys here. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and to be honest, I joked with some guys at the ATH trade show. It's like, I probably would have rather killed the 180 inch whitetail than the elk I, I know that sounds crazy probably to some people but you know when you start chasing big deer like that I mean it's that's a real trophy because he's I don't know if he I haven't gotten pictures in a while so I don't know that he made it through rifle season but he was I think he's probably at least seven and a half years old and I mean he lived in darkness he hardly ever see, saw him in daylight and just, I couldn't get on him this year, but he yeah. might show up next year. I'm sure you'll get on something. Um, yeah. So sure. is, that, is that the uh, first animal killed out of the tree stand? Yeah. Yes, it was. So at that point, you know, September, October, we're, we, we do have some stands made, but we're actively testing them and seeing what we like what we don't like obviously we had to prove out the production process um but yeah that was one of our prototypes um and that was the the first animal killed out of a stand i did take a couple prototypes out to colorado um set them up a couple times but most of the time out in colorado you know we were running and gunning and we were just hunting from the ground so Sure. So let's talk a little bit about the tree stand. Um, yeah. Let's dive into the specs first, and then I have some other questions. But what yeah. uh, what are the specs of the, the element tree stand? Yeah, so the weight is 10 pounds, 6 ounces. And we're, we'll talk about that to begin with. Uh, I know that, um, yeah, there's guys out there that probably want a lighter stand. 
Um, and we're going to get to that. I promise we're going to get to, you know, some of the like saddle platform types, uh, stands and, you know, a stand probably half the size of, of what we're at right now. Um, <clears throat> but 10 pounds, six ounces, uh, I don't personally like stands that flex. I want mine to be rigid. I want it to be flat. If I move my, if I shift my feet or move my feet, I want it to remain solid. So with that comes a little bit extra weight. Uh, sure. the, the ribs on ours, if you, you know, if you compare them to other stands, some of the ribs on ours are, are going to be thicker, but that just comes from my background in aerospace. My background in steel fabrication is that we're looking at safety and uh, you know rigid product. Um, the uh, the seat is 12 by 10 and a half, and that's you know the seat measure the full seat measures longer than that, but like what you would actually sit on is is 12 by 10 and a half. Uh, the base measures 29 inches by 18.75. So it's, it's what I would consider a full size stand. Um, and the market that, you know, we're going after is obviously the mobile hunters, but it's also for the guy that, uh, you know, he may have four or five stands on his property and they're all set and it's a, it's a hunting lease or whatever. Um, and he's got ours, you know, sitting on the ready and he can move that. I can promise you they're easy to move. I went and filmed a guy last night, took me seriously like two minutes to, to hook it up to the tree. So they are lightweight, they are rigid. Uh, let's see, the, the, the stand from top of the seat to the top of the platform is 19 and a half inches. So those are, those are some of the, the specs on it. It is made out of 6061 T6 uh, aluminum. Uh, and then we just, you know, cut out the, I'll, I've got it sitting right here. For guys that, that haven't seen it, this is, uh, I don't know if you can see the, the design, but it's, and it's a lot of drop, a lot of scrap coming off. It does have a, uh, an elevator bolt or elevator button, whatever you want to call them, uh, to self-level the seat. It also has uh, the, uh, the self, you know, the adjustment. If you're obviously in Kansas, just like Illinois or Ohio, you've got trees that are not straight. So we added that adjustment. And then, oh, going to see if you can see it. I don't know if you can see, um, we did not go with a Versa button. And the main reason that we didn't go with the Versa button is um, we wanted to go with a double post system. So if we would have gone with a single post, it probably would have been three quarters of an inch right here uh, for the single post. But what we did is took two three eighths posts, this cinches them together. And so it's very rigid. It's not gonna flex on you. And then in that design, you've got the straps that come around. And I can promise you the straps, once you put them on there and cinch them in place, they are not, I know it's a little bit different 
you know, than most guys are used to. Most guys are used to the verse button, but I can promise you it's not going to come off. It's going to make this, it ties everything in. So it's a lot more personal bias, obviously, uh, but it's going to make it a lot more rigid. So, and you do have that on the top and the bottom. Right. Strap yeah. yeah. So that actually is a, similar to the um, Lone Wolf Custom Gear double sticks. I don't know if you guys have seen those, but they have like some, they're like tees that come yeah. off the post. And it gives you the option to run those sticks without using a Versa button. And right. I ran those sticks for a year. And the exact same way that you hook the straps up to this tree stand is how I would use my climbing sticks with one right. going across and around. Yeah, it is rock solid. Yep. And, and one thing that for the audience that hasn't done that, I think what they will find is that it's a whole lot easier that 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 stick or our stand, it doesn't rock when you first try to tighten it down, that it sucks closer to the, the tree versus trying to turn on you. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, obviously a little bit something different than most guys probably have not, have not been able to try. So. And even with the, with the elevator bolt, the, with just small adjustments, it can make a big difference in how comfortable you are sitting there. I made one this year. Um, I just did a half turn on it and I was honestly surprised at how much of a difference it made, uh, just being comfortable. And, you know, when you're sitting there for five or six hours, that can be a big difference. Yeah, no doubt. I remember, um, the, we were actually talking about tree stands at your house and you were talking about how you just weren't really happy with the super lightweight ones on the market. They were too small. They weren't comfortable to sit on. The seat height was too short, so your knees were kind of bunched up. Um, it seems like this is going to be a super – It's it adds more comfort than right. more of the other options because what you're sacrificing something when you're going super light. And That's right. It doesn't really seem like at, at the 10-pound mark, which is not heavy by any means, like right. people, people are kind of going a little haywire on the Facebook forums about the fact that it's 10 pounds, and it's like – uh, 10 pounds is not a heavy stand. It's, it's way lighter than what you're probably used to. And right. you're not sacrificing comfort at that weight. That's right. That's and right. I, and I think just about uh, everybody that came by at the uh, ATA show was surprised at how lightweight it was. Um, pretty much everybody that picked it up were like, oh, that's really lightweight. So I, yeah, I don't know that there's a, obviously on paper, there might be a, a big difference, but I don't know that when you carry it, that, that you notice that. Sure. Um, well, one of the things that I will add to that is I think a lot of it has to do with how it's balanced. And so when you pick up, it's not like front heavy, it's not back heavy, that it's, you know, balanced very well um, so that you don't know, you know, you don't notice a pound or two extra, depending on what stand you're comparing it to. Obviously, we're lighter than, than most of them. We're not as light as, as some of them of the other ones but i did want to show another feature uh it does lock into place um and there's three places that it locks in and so when this locks in you don't have to worry about it coming out but it does so this does offer the option uh to carry it like a backpack because i you know most guys 
have backpack straps at home. They have their, whether the, you know, they're getting a, a Molly backpack strap type, you know, from an army surplus, or if they're just buying a, a cheap backpack strap from Walmart for a backpack and just cutting off the straps. So uh, we currently don't sell any backpack straps. Um, part of that is, you know, supply trying to find a manufacturer in the U S cause we're really trying to stay away from, stay away from China. Um, but, uh, we are working with a, a backpack company here in the U S, uh, designing a backpack that would specifically fit with our stand. I'm sure it would, you know, fit with most others, but I sell film. I take quite a bit of gear. And so we're working with them to come up with, you know, Hey, I want my camera to go here. I want my Ozonics to go here. My, you know, snacks. Cause you got to have snacks. If you run out of snacks, you got to go back to the truck. Uh, but you know, place to put your coat, all that stuff. So excited about that. But, but that is a, you know, when they compare our stand to some of the other ones, it's like, well, I understand, but, can your stand do this? There's not very many on the market, you know, that can do it like that. So. Sure. Yeah. I think um, first impressions, beautiful finish. The design is um, it's ergonomic. It's really nice. Uh, yeah. I, I think first impressions, I was like, Oh, these guys, they hit it, you know? Um, now I, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, um, the buzz created around from, okay. So you have the ATA show just came back and then, uh, you get in some of the mobile hunters groups and you're always going to have those people that are like, Oh my God, did you see this? Did you see this stand? And what are these guys thinking? And so I want to talk a little bit about, um, this is obvious. This is your first time kind of dealing with that. What, how did that feel? And what were some of the reactions to some of the comments that you were seeing inside specifically the mobile hunters United Facebook post? Um, I saw a ton of stuff around the stand. What's uh, what's your feelings right now towards that? Yeah, uh, I will get to that. I will. I just want to real quickly talk about the color. Oh, sure. You know, there's grays, there's blacks, there's, you know, numerous colors out there. What we were trying to do with the color was find a color that could really blend into the tree. If you go to our website and look at some of the pictures that's just a, a cottonwood tree, but it really blends into the background. I didn't want the one thing that the deer could see, you know, would be the stand. Um, so we, we took some time, obviously, with our, our regular day jobs. You know, we're painting stuff, so we, uh, you know, we know what colors are like. My wife is a graphic designer, so, you know, she obviously had some input on the color, but I think one thing that the guys will notice is when you put it in a tree, it disappears. So as for your other question, um, obviously, you know, out of the gate, it's kind of our baby. Uh, it's hard to, you know, not take personal offense um, to some of the comments that are made, mainly the ones that just factually are not correct. They, they, they seem to round up on our stands, on the stands that they like, they round the weights down. And then it's like, well, those weights, it's like, they're just not even accurate. So, but uh, the, the main thing for me, I guess, is 
I don't personally care what you use. Like there's a lot of great products out there and I've probably used most of them. Our biggest thing is uh, we love to hunt. Like I will be friends with anybody, especially if they're a hunter, I'll be friends with you. And we can talk till the late hours of the night talking about hunting because that's something that I'm passionate about. Um, what I don't like to see is when guys get in a chat and they just start bashing different companies because it's like, man, and this is what I posted on, on one of my posts was we've got enough enemies outside. I mean, you look at Colorado, you look at Arizona, they're trying to shut down mountain lion hunting. Well, we've got enough enemies outside of the hunting industry. Like we need to have each other's backs. Like if we're fighting constantly, then, you know, what kind of a united front are we going to be able to pose to like the non-hunters and the people? Because there are a lot of people that want to shut hunting down and that's obviously not our goal. And that would be a bad, bad day uh, for everybody in the US if, if hunting got shut down. But I can't say that it doesn't affect me personally. Obviously it does, but um, you know, it's, it's just something we expected. We knew that there was gonna be some, you know, blowback, uh, especially, you know, everybody that ever comes out and it doesn't even matter if you're in the hunting industry, you know, look at Elon Musk, you know, what he did with Tesla. Like when he first came out, obviously there was a ton of naysayers and you, you know, you look at what he's done and he's been pretty successful. I'm not comparing us to Elon Musk, but it's the same <laughs> type of deal. I'm, I'm nowhere near as far as that guy and I don't have near as much money as he does, but, but it's the same concept. Anytime you try to change uh an industry or you know come up with a new concept or even just you're a new company trying to make it obviously uh people have their favorites and they're you know they're going to let you know but one thing that i have noticed is that most of the people making those comments have never picked up our stand they they don't see the workmanship they don't see the craftsmanship they don't see the the hours and hours of engineering work that that went behind it it wasn't just hey, we're going to throw this design on a dartboard. No, it was literally hundreds of hours of engineering and back and forth. We make a prototype, we put it on a tree and it's like, okay, throwing that one in the trash, let's go back to ground zero. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I noticed, I, I remember when Kuyu started, when they came to market and I remember just all the, the back and forth talk on there. Well, Obviously, I didn't take that personal because, you know, I didn't have anything to do with them. But now that it is, you know, something that we've worked on now, it does it does kind of become personal. It's tough, but it's also I mean, everybody has opinions. Not everybody's going to like it. Some people I mean, for me, I like ratchet straps. And then people are saying, oh, well, that's old. That's antiquated. You know, why would you use ratchet straps? I just personally like them. I, that's my preference. Um, and so knowing that, that everybody has their own way of doing things that they like, you know, kind of to each their own, but kind of what Josh alluded to, the, the ones that get kind of hard to take is when they just get the specs wrong and, and they compare it to, well, you know, why would you do this to this other stand? And it's like, well, okay, but you're, you're not even getting the weights right those those two stands aren't 
comparable. I mean, it's like, you know, one's a compact, one's full size. Um, but then it becomes difficult on, okay, I don't want to argue with you, but I do want to at least present you with the facts, you know? Um, and so that's been, that's been kind of where we've tried to, to come back to some of those comments, but in a, in a genuine way of, Hey, we want to introduce you to this. Um, maybe you like it. Maybe you don't, maybe you never, maybe you never buy one, maybe you never, never pick up one and that's fine, but at least give us a shot. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. When I saw all that happening, that's why I instantly texted you, Josh. And I was like, we got to get on a podcast because I wanted to give another platform for you to present the facts and to address those concerns and kind of talk about, okay, why is this stand here? Who's the stand for? Um, and to your point, Jared, about the ratchet straps, having the option for either or, like, why not have that? So there right. are some guys that get the cam buckle strap, throw them out the window and use a ratchet strap. So to have a choice, like, you don't have to use the ratchet strap. Just, right. select, just select the cam buckle strap. It doesn't come standard with either or. It's your choice. Um, That's right. And, like, to compare it to other stands, you're like, why won't you do this with this stand? Well, we're not trying to recreate that stand. We're creating right. our own stand that fits this. Like, I just talked to a guy um, that owns a camouflage company, and he's a fairly new company. And he built that camo initially for him. He's like, this is what I want. Every great product that comes about is built to solve a problem, right? And there's there's an area, there's every little niche in the industry, there's something that needs to serve that niche because you yourself, Josh, like there's yep. just not a stand out there that I'm happy with. So what do you do? You build your own. And there's right. going to be other guys that feel the exact same way as you do. And you're like, oh, that's, I mean, that's the stand I've been looking for forever. So yep. It's not something, it's a niche, right? It's not something you're trying to market to the mass of the hunting industry. One, it's a premium brand. It's not something made in China. It's made in the U.S. Um, the branding behind it is a lot stronger than um, a, a, just a regular run-of-the-mill company where you can just go buy the product at Walmart. It's The quality is not, it's not the same. So, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to kind of have you guys on was to give you that platform and to kind of... <laughs> If anyone has questions about the stand and they're they're like, oh my God, why is this guy doing this? Copy and paste the link to this podcast and have at it, listen to it. And yeah, or, or the, uh, they can, you know, email me at josh at elevatestand.co or the contact email goes to me as well. So if they have any questions, I mean, I'll give, I'll give them out my cell number if they want to talk on the phone. So, I mean, I'll, you know, talk to anybody, but the other fun thing about ATA was, um, I, I don't want to use uh, company names, but like I, I went and introduced myself uh, to every saddle hunting company and every tree stand company that I could just went and introduced and we had numerous of those companies come by our stand, you know, they wanted to see our, our booth and see our stand and just had great conversations you know we're not in competition with those guys because they they serve uh, you know a very small sliver of hunters and that's kind of where we're at um but it was really fun meeting all those guys and seeing what they're doing and then we talk about what we're doing and so that yeah. we made a lot of made a lot of contacts and made a lot of friends at and the you know it was great 
because of that, that helps us as consumers because you guys are seeing what they're doing. They're seeing what you're doing. They're like, Oh, I like that. And then it just gives us more options. Like what a time to be a deer hunter right now. Like you can, anything possible that you could ever want, it's available to you. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on real quick before, um, we get off the subject of the tree stand is, uh, I want to address the price. Um, you yep. said, what's it come in at? It's at four fifty nine ninety nine. Sure. And that's, I mean, it's on the upper end of tree stand pricing, but yep. for a mobile hunter, you're buying, most guys are buying one tree stand and right. you want that one tree stand to be like top of the line. Don't you, you don't want to buy a hundred dollar tree stand and trust your life with it at yep. this point. Like what's your life worth? So, yep. and I, I, and I can tell, I can tell you most of that price is in the aluminum itself. Aluminum right now, they're having supply issues and it's expensive. I mean, even from the, it went up like a dollar a pound from the time we first started talking about it uh, to when we first, first started doing uh, prototypes, like it was, the price had raised like a dollar, dollar 50. I mean, I, I watched steel pricing, obviously we buy a, a lot of steel, um, but we went from like $500 a ton and 2020 to we got up to almost $2,000 a ton in 2021. So, you know, that's a 4X price increase. Well, it's, it's hard to, obviously we wanted to keep the price as low as we could, but uh, it's, it's all driven by the price of aluminum. And there's, you know, a lot of scrap uh, that comes out of, out of those stands. So hopefully aluminum prices will come back, you know, come back down in the near future and, and maybe we can adjust that. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I think that's that's good on the tree stand. Um, I also saw on the website that there's climbing sticks coming. Yeah, yeah. Are you able to give any hints as to what we should expect there? Yeah, so it's it's going to be a compact stick, and it's going to be one that uh, will be able to go right on our stand. Um, I can't get into weights or anything like that, but it, it's going to be, you know, your compact, your 18 to 20 inch compact uh, stick that, you know, you'll be able to slam in your backpack or it'll be able to uh, be attached to the, the uh, tree stand itself and, you know, be able to move around. But um, I'm hesitant to give the timeline on it. We're, we're still in design phase. Um, We've had several meetings since we got back from ATA uh, with with our engineers and stuff like that. But um, I can't e I can't even tell you what it's going to be made of yet. Uh, but I'll just say that there's a chance that it's not going to be aluminum. So single step or double step? Double. Cool. It's double is the plan. But obviously, we might uh, since we control the process of how these are made, we might make it optional to where you could have maybe like a top step that goes all the way across and then your bottom may crisscross. Uh, we have not settled on the design. We're, we're looking at a lot of different options. We don't want to just pigeonhole ourselves and say, yeah, it's going to be double steps or nothing. Uh, obviously we want to hear the, the guys that are going to, going to buy it, hear their ideas. We're, we're going to the, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania show. So obviously we're going to probably see a lot of people coming, coming by the booth. 
you guys are going, right? Yep, we'll be there. Yeah, awesome. Um, but yeah, but it, it'll be a compact. Uh, I personally like compact. I've never really liked the, the long ones. Um, they're hard to pack. And um, I, I think the compact ones, especially, you know, you can put an eider cable on there and, and get up just as high with four of them. And they're obviously pack a lot easier. So. Yep. And you save weight there too. Um, I'm what, a, I'm a double step guy myself. I, yeah. I don't like alternating steps. Um, I'm also a saddle hunter. I'm not a tree stand hunter. So um, okay. when I'm sometimes if I'm going on a quick hunt, I'll just stand on the top stick. Yeah. So if I have alternating steps, I can't do that. So right. I'm a, I'm a double step guy all the way. So, well, um, the, the top, the top step of the stick would for sure be, would be a double step. And man, as soon as I get some prototypes made and uh, we get engineering buy off, I'll, I'll get some sent to you and let you try some out. Heck yeah. And if you need any, uh, any help or anything with a saddle platform or anything, I don't know if you guys hunt out of a saddle at all, but that's, I only hunt out of a saddle. So I can okay. pro probably give you a lot of feedback in that area. Sounds good. I have noticed that, uh, no offense to the saddle hunting market, but there is a lot of opinions out there in that market. <laughs> yeah. I, I said the, uh, saddle hunting is like fly fishing for fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the same kind of personalities there. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. They're, um, yeah, they're definitely opinionated. That's that's, that's Mobile good. hunters in general. They know exactly what they want. They know mm -hmm. exactly what product they're going to buy. They know exactly what they want in that product. And if the product doesn't have it, they're not going to buy it. And that's the way it should be. You know, they should have a lot of options. And I'm glad that a lot of these saddle companies are coming out because it's given the guys an option. Like if you can't find what you want, uh, then I guess you just keep looking or you do what we did and yeah. just start a company. Well, I think that's what the cool thing for me is it, it drives innovation in a market that sometimes sometimes struggles to come out with the next best thing, you know, but these different styles of hunting and, and things like that can, can really drive that. And like you said, at this point, we have so many options. I mean, I remember when I first started hunting, we had like the, the old brown camo or army surplus. And then, you know, Realtree came out with one and Mossy Oak came out with one. I don't know that you could even you know, count on two hands, how many different styles of camo and, and companies there are that, you know, out there now. So it really is a great time to be, to be a hunter. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, I wish you guys the absolute best of luck. Um, I hope they're, I hope you guys sell them like flies. There's, I mean, I love the way it looks. I would say if I was a tree stand hunter, I would be a customer. Um, I know we might convert you. Yeah. I, I don't know. As, as time goes on, I even hunt out of a saddle less than I just hunt on the ground, but yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, we do that. We go out to Western Kansas uh, quite a bit and it's all, you know, spots it's, you know, mule deer out there. And so it's all spot and stock. So, and that's, there's, you know, gratification when you kill that, that big deer from the ground. I mean, you're doing something right. If you can kill them from the ground for sure. Yeah, in my opinion, there's no um, there's no feeling like being at eye level with a whitetail yep. or something that you are trying to hunt. It's just a rush like no other. But I know that 
Lucas in the office is super excited to uh, try that tree stand out. He's a strict tree stand guy and he's a bigger, okay. he's a bigger guy. So having something more rigid, he's like, that's, I mean, 10 pounds is nothing. Um, having something that is a little bit more rigid. Some of the stands you stand on right now, you get out towards the edge of it and it feels like you're on a diving board. And right. it just, it kind of, if when you're going to take that shot and you need to lean out and the stand starts to give away, I mean, anytime that happens, like say you're sleeping, you start to fall, like you have a reaction to like try to grab yourself, to catch yourself. So yep. standing on a very rigid platform, it's very generous in size. It's going to be comfortable. So yeah, I'm, I'm a believer. I love it. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get a couple of those stands up to you guys here in awesome. the next couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add to the conversation here? If not, let everyone know where to check it out, where to get a hold of you guys. Yeah, just the, the only other thing that I would say, I mean, obviously we've talked about hunting a lot, but we are hunters through and through. I mean, it was, I, I remember going duck hunting when I was like four or five years old. I shot my first duck at like age 10. Uh, I didn't kill my first whitetail till I was 21 because we just, we grew up waterfowlers. Um, but this is made by hunters. I mean, all the features that came from, you know, years of sitting in tree stands. I, I remember, I don't, you're way too young to remember this. <laughs> it was a, it was a lounge hunter and it was kind of like a climber and you would just lay in it. And I just remember, it was like, I don't know, at the time it was like three, 400 bucks and I didn't have that much money uh, to buy one. But so I started just kind of making my own stands. I wish I would have taken pictures of them. Mm. Um, so I've been kind of tinkering with, you know, making my own stand from when I was like around 21. Uh, but yeah, you can check us out at elevatestand.co. Uh, you can go to Instagram, find us. You can, we've got one video, a couple videos up on, uh, on YouTube, but Instagram, Facebook, we're on all of those. And if you direct message us, we'll get back with you as soon as we can. If you email us through the contact at elevatestand.co, uh, I'm personally responding to those emails. So, And if you're out east, uh, we will be at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So that's February, I think it's 5th through the 13th. So it's a long show. Yeah, it's um, 10 days. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to be, are you going to personally be there all 10 days? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, we're, we're going to take shifts. Jared, I'm going to go out there first and Jared's going to come out second, but our, our booth is 1124 okay. for the guys that are going to go to that show. 1124. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's a big show. So uh, you'll want to print off the map to, to see where it's at. And that's in the archery hall. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Cool. I don't think we're too far away from you guys. No, I think we're two, uh, two rows. I'm, we're just behind you. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, thank you thank very you. much.